Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast this episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. It actually was. Hi, everybody. It's AJ here from the Cult Popshire podcast. And this episode was brought to you by our Patreon. It's just me here uh, for the moment, introducing you to volume four of our wonderful series of uh, Patreon sample packs, where what you're going to hear in this episode is a couple of old um, episodes straight from the Patreon vault. So they were uh, previously, you could only get them behind a paywall but they've, they've both existed both these episodes have been out for a couple of years now so we're we're putting them on the main feed um and so what you're going to hear in this episode is one episode of our show on our cult member tier over on patreon um called film franchise follow-ups where we revisit a franchise that we've done already and uh you know look at something new maybe a, a tv show spin-off or something like that or in the case of this uh sample pack today you're going to hear our discussion on toy story 4 um, following on from the Toy Story trilogy episode that we did in 2018. After that, you'll hear an episode of generic underscore movie underscore podcast.exe, which is on our cult leader tier, where if you um, donate, so the, so the, I don't want to edit this. I'm just going to say if you donate $10 a month, you get GMP. If you donate $5 a month, you get film franchise follow-ups. And the GMP episode is us talking about the movie Hairspray. Now, we'll get to them in just a second. But before we do, I do want to take this opportunity. We, we so rarely have it at the start of these this, this sample pack episode, which we're doing, by the way, because um, Auckland is currently in lockdown. And um, Christchurch, I hope is not too far away from also being in lockdown and um we we wanted to have a break for our own mental health so that's why you're getting a sample pack today but but i do just want to take this opportunity if you're a long time listener of cult popshire i want to implore you to do two things maybe you've already done them um so i'll add a third thing for if you if you have already done these the first thing is i implore you to uh join our discord server there is a link to the discord in the show notes click on that if you've never used discord before it's sort of like a gigantic group chat that's compartmentalized into different rooms so if you want to talk about current events you can talk about that in one room if you want to talk about uh, memes you can talk about that in another room i really recommend you head over there if you haven't already because it's a great place to uh, get involved with the Cold Popshire community, including myself and Richard, as well as all our wonderful listeners who we've been in contact with, and some of whom we've even made wonderful friendships with. All of whom, I should say. Up to people, people on the Discord, it's up to you to work out who 
I consider out of you to be a true friend. Doesn't that sound like the fun kind of mind games you'd like to be a part of? So why not join the Cole Popcher Discord server today? The second thing I would like to implore you to do if you haven't already is, yeah, join the Patreon. It is the only real way that we get um, any kind of support, any kind of sustainability for what we do here at Cole Popcher. Um, and you can join and for as little as a dollar a month, you can have say in what the podcast does. Um, you get those two the two podcasts you're about to hear you get you get access to those two series on different tiers on the that's the five dollar tier and the ten dollar tier the one dollar tier uh, you get to suggest and vote on every second franchise we cover um, and we've also recently changed up our fifteen dollar tier uh, which was called cult classics it's now called cult elders and what the cult elder tier allows you is you get a secret room on the aforementioned discord where you get to discuss with others uh what you think of the franchise of the week whatever that may be so for example the next episode of film franchise Fortnite is going to be cloudy with a chance of meatballs so there'll be a cult elder channel over on our discord or if you join it and discuss cloudy with a chance of meatballs we will read out your or not read out but summarize and and pull from the discussion that you guys have about the franchise in a new segment that's going to appear in every episode of film franchise fortnights from now on called meeting of the elders so very exciting stuff is happening so join the discord if you want join the patreon if you want um otherwise just enjoy these episodes and the third thing i want you to to, to do is something i haven't said in a while is tell a couple of friends about this podcast go on tell a couple of friends tell them there's this cool podcast from new zealand and they talk about movies and they discuss earbud the same way other podcasts discuss star wars like you know get us out there because uh we want more we want more money <laughs> so enjoy the patreon sample pack um starting off with the uh film franchise follow-ups episode about toy story 4 All right, well, we're here today to talk about Toy Story 4, um, our second franchise to get two film franchise follow-ups. And I would love to get, because we did the short films, that's right, um, and I would also love to one day watch at least a couple of episodes of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command oh, yeah, and do nice. an episode on that, because that shows such a cool little example of world building. But yeah. we're not talking about that at the no, moment. No, we're not, we're so shut the Toy fuck Story up, 4. AJ. Um, you don't have to. I'm sorry. It was your birthday the other oh, day. Okay. It's still your birthday month. I can't be mean to you. Yeah, we're talking about Toy Story 4. Wow. So Toy Story 4 is the latest addition to the Toy Story franchise and the final edition in film form anyway. Ooh, I might get to that later on. Um, so it was directed by Josh Cooley in his feature film debut. Um, and yeah, oh, we've got all our favorites from the Toy Story franchise returning. We don't need to say who they are. Uh, but this time we're also joined by Tony Hale, who plays a new character called Forky and Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, uh, who play, um, uh, Ducky and Bunny, two stuffed toys. They got Christine Hendricks plays, uh, Gabby Gabby, uh, who's the quasi villain of the film. And then also Keanu Reeves, uh, plays Duke Kaboom, who is Canada's greatest stuntman. So, uh, do we want to give um, any kind of spoiler-free thoughts yeah. first, or do we want to just say, hey, this is a spoiler podcast. We expect I you imagine, to see Toy Story 4. Yeah, I imagine this episode will have come out quite a while after Toy Story 4's release. Yeah. So I'm guessing everyone listening to this has probably seen it already. So let's just go 
there will, there will be spoilers. spoilers. The Full spoiler yeah. discussion. Yeah. 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 And if you don't like it, you can kiss my grits. <laughs> you can eat my shorts. <laughs> uh, so, Toy Story 4, what's it about? It is about um, the the toys. Uh, they're living with Bonnie, who's their new owner. <laughs> and um, Bonnie is about to start preschool. No, kindergarten. I don't know. Something. Yeah, I don't know. The American preschool unit she's going to school system works um and she's really nervous and woody wants to take care of her but also woody is like her least favorite toy very clearly she doesn't ever want to play with him he's always left in the closet um and so when she goes to kindergarten or whatever it is he sneaks into her backpack just to just so he can keep an eye on her and make sure she's okay um and while she's there um he kind of sneaks out of the backpack and provides her with enough crafts to make um, what is supposed to be like a pencil case holder, but she ends up making a little spork friend with googly eyes. Um, And because she has made a new toy, that toy comes to life, uh, which was one of the first things we found out about this film and something that I deeply enjoyed because it was kind of what we talked about when we covered Toy Story on Mm. Film Franchise Fortnite's is what makes a toy a toy. And I feel like, not to handbrake the plot synopsis, but this gives us somewhat of a oh, like a step towards the answer, you know. Mm. Which yeah. is what if if a, if a child believes you are a toy, you yeah. Because there's also a chair that has a face. Mm. Mm, true. Mm. Um, and so, but the Forky comes to life, and he's he's the, he's the spork, but he believes he's trash, so he wants to commit suicide all the time by jumping. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, it's not, it's not even committing suicide. It's just he yeah. feels more comfortable in the trash. Yeah, it's like yeah, pulling yeah. A, a fish out of water and it wants to keep getting back to the water. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, then Bonnie's family goes on a road trip and she takes all the toys with her, and to, including Forky. But Forky jumps out of the, the RV because he doesn't want to be a toy. He wants to be trash. And Woody runs out to get him. It all sort of culminates where they all go. They all meet at a a carnival. They all like try to get back together with with their family at a carnival. Um, where Sporky gets Forky gets kidnapped by a antique doll, and while trying to say this is a very complicated plot. You're now going very unre- far into the plot. Like when you were like Woody jumps out of the bag. I was like, okay, all right, we're doing a play by play of the film. Um, and uh, well, I mean, if people saw it, like say half a month ago, this is a good, probably a, okay. a better reminder. Sure, um, why not? Yeah, and 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 Woody re- finds Bo Peep at at this carnival who was of course missing from the third film and they get together to try and um save Forky and save the day. Uh yeah. yeah. That's kind of yeah. where we now let's just all- uh talk about uh so obviously this film had a lot to live up to. The Toy yeah. Story trilogy is considered, you know, one of the greatest trilogies in history in terms of quality and consistency. And the mm. third famously ends very um finalistically you know, yeah finalistically um although <laughs> to be fair they never actually said it was the final one um they were like on the press tour of the third one they talked about doing a fourth one so um a lot of people were not really on the side of this film and uh yeah. what do you think has on Rotten tomatoes it's got like 98 98 percent so it's it's pretty much universally liked it's uh, is it the lowest rated film in the Toy Story franchise? I can't no, remember. I think, I think Toy Story 3 is also 98. I think it's 99, 100, 
98, 98. I think it's 100, 100, 98, 98 or something, isn't it? I remember, uh, I maybe I'm wrong, but I, I remember Toy Story Yeah, it's 100, 100, 98, 98. Okay, sweet. All good? Yeah. It's, but like, you know- that though, when when something's that different, like I don't I don't count that as much of a general consensus as I would if if it were eighty compared to ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So poor poor, you- poor choice to, to of yeah, time no, to use one hundred percent. What did you think of the film? Uh, I really liked it, man. I yeah. it was basically aside from a few like nitpicks which don't at all alter my opinion is that if that makes sense like i'm i'm too in love with it for the for the opinions yeah, the nitpicks yeah. i do have to like change any any big part um yeah it was about it was basically what i didn't know i wanted i would say in a mm. in a fourth toy story movie um i've this is my this is my like one line review that that i think i will so when people ask me what I think of Toy Story movies in the future, I'll say this about it. Toy Story 3 was um, how to wrap up the community. Toy Story 4 is how to wrap up Woody as a character. Yeah. No, that's and I, I, I really like that about it is that because one of the nitpicks that, that has come up about this film is that the OG crew have very little to do in it. Like Rex... Uh, Mr. Potato Head. Because there's a thing about Mr. Potato Head because the voice actor died a couple of years Mm. ago and they're like, oh, they managed to use like old like recordings of him to finish the film. And it's like, I counted one line from him. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Hey, watch it, pal, which he says in almost every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and so Slinky Dog, Rex and Ham and uh, Mr. Potato Head uh, they they have very little to do in the film, and it kind of more focuses on a new crop of characters. But I actually didn't mind that at all because yeah. they had they had their conclusion in Toy Story three. Yeah, they they have their they have found their new owner, and that was enough for everyone except Woody. Yeah, and so this is how to wrap up Woody's yeah, story. But at, the, at the same time, like I did, kind of wonder, I was seesawing a bit in the film of like, on one hand, like this is a great ending for Woody, but then on the other hand, it's like. Did, is this always what he's wanted? I was trying to remember back to the films. Like, I, I can't remember. Like, you know, it was always about his kid. And I guess, it, like, this movie kind of introduces that. Like, what if the, what if the world beyond having a kid is, you know, mm. worth it? Yeah, because, and we, I don't think we've mentioned this in, in the podcast yet, is that the film's conclusion is Woody leaves behind the toy community his his like bonnie's toys to go and be a lost toy and help toys find new owners yeah along with um Bo ducky Pete. and bunny and Bo Pete yeah, and, and yeah. duke kaboom yeah um but uh, it's, I, it's I a nice ending for woody yeah. yeah yeah but yeah it is funny that although this one is the one that they're saying is the last one that kind of actually leaves more open mm. to like new adventures i thought i mean yeah, they, I, I there agree. is like mid-credit scenes of um them getting like car because they're at a carnival um you know getting all the prizes won so they can go home with with kids um and yeah yeah but it's it's, you know we could see these adventures of woody more yeah i would i would like to see that and um look man i just i was like we talked about 
how one of your big nitpicks with it and feel free to um explain it better than what i will briefly do now as you you said to me that you felt like the other films are a bit more epic and a bit more grand yeah and it's like I, I do get that it is like it's a very, it's a lot more personal kind of story but it's the same kind of thing i had a little bit in infinity war where it's like um so the trails for infinity war you have like Here's like the battle of the train station. You see some of the battle of Titan and then you see like the big battle of Wakanda. And I was like, oh, I wonder what like uh, what we haven't seen yet. And then mm. um, with this, it's like, okay, we've seen the carnival on the trailers. We've seen the antique store on the trailers. And I, I was just kind of hoping for like a third location that we hadn't seen yet. Um, yeah, because yeah. like obviously Toy Story 3 has like the incinerator. Uh, Toy Story 2 has the, um, the airport. The airport. And then the first Toy Story has- like kind of all of Sid's house, I guess. And oh, they're actually, yeah. sorry, chasing the moving truck. Um, and so it's kind of like, I I guess it like, it subverted my expectations in that sense. Um, but it kind of just took me a second to be like, okay, is this as far as the movie's going? And then to mm. have to realize that rather than anticipate something else. And then, you know. I th- No, I, I think that's totally valid. But as, as like, I don't think it needs to go any, anywhere else, and I think because because we've had all th- like three other movies that have like cool set pieces like that, it's like yeah, and the set pieces it's, are it's great. not as much of a shame because it's like yeah. well we've had it three yeah, times, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, and then that's the thing, um, but and because like the the big sort of like chase scene of the movie is just trying to get people to come back to where you already they already were. Mm. It's not like yeah. oh we have to get here before this. It's like. We just have to get them to turn around and come back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing, uh, one, one, my biggest sort of praise of this film, like, like, like that, that's not like a complaint. It's just a thing that took me a second to come around to. Um, mm. My biggest sort of, one of my biggest pieces of praise for this film is it's the funniest Toy Story movie. Yeah. This movie is so funny. Like, Key and Peele, oh my God, they're like- the the scene I'm presuming because we're going to spoilers I'm presuming you've seen this if you you've seen it if you're listening to this um, when they describe how they're going to get the key off the old lady and it's just mm. them attacking her like three times that is so funny yeah. and when it does the 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 plush rush and it's them like following her home and then she's like in the bath and then lying in bed and then Jordan Peele's character like rises above her I was like my sides actually hurt because I was yeah. laughing so hard at that and there there was a lot of times in this movie where um the, the i missed a line because the audience was laughing so much yeah yeah do you know that there was in the trailer i, I saw them attack yeah, yeah, the old same. lady in the trailer so but like the, the way the, the fact that was done three times and then the third yeah, one was yeah. so much yeah, that was yeah, that yeah, made yeah, so much exactly. funnier and then it's immediately like after that as well like how did you get the key and then it cuts <laughs> to them like all right what are we going to do and then she just puts the key down in front of them it's yeah. such a great like it's like lazy storytelling in a way, but it's so funny. It's like making mm. a really good joke out of like, you know, trying to not being able to think of a joke. Mm. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else? I thought I thought Duke Kaboom was great. Yeah. Keanu yeah. All, all the hilarious. new characters really shone in this movie. I thought Forky was great. Yeah. Forky's yeah, going to yeah. be a millennial fucking icon. Yeah, um, exactly. Spirit animal. Because the whole time yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, we're going to go to this. He's like, I'm trash. <laughs> and Tony Hale's fantastic. Tony Hale suits that so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I, I love how um, old this movie feels, or at least how old Woody feels. Like yeah. he's the character he's embodying, and Tom Hanks is like you know how people complain that um, 
voice actors don't get cast in big budget cartoon movies as yeah. opposed to like celebrities for the star power. I feel like Tom Hanks is the perfect marriage of both of those things. He's like a, a legitimate real life celebrity, but he's also like a fantastic voice actor as well. Yeah. And that just comes through with Woody because he's such a a aged character, especially in this. And I just he he brings such a warmth and grandpa-ness yeah. to, to Yeah, the, they, to they the really role. lucked out with there because you know they wanted like how they wanted Jim Carrey and Clint Eastwood yeah, yeah. and and Sheila there. Or um but the we were talking about this the other day about how funny it is that Tim Allen and Tom Hanks are famous co-stars. Like yeah, yeah. Tim Allen's <laughs> only still talked about because of Buzz Lightyear, whereas yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks is still like one of the most beloved celebrities. Which do you think that's why Buzz is somewhat relegated to the sidelines in this film? No, I think it's because it's Woody's story, as we said. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's they made a conscious decision to be like, well, well Tim Allen's not as famous anymore. <laughs> We're um, not as famous. He's not as good of an actor. <laughs> I'll say that, you know. So, is, is I wonder if that is part. Of, well, it probably it's probably not. Um, but yeah, the this the the can we talk about the buzz? What did you think of Buzz in this movie? Uh, yeah. So Buzz's side plot because Woody talks about his inner voice, like his conscience, and Buzz thinks that he means his like his voice box. Um, and so Buzz keeps pressing his little voice box button and it tells him to do silly things and that's kind of like his his plot for the movie it does feel very much like a it's it's like a textbook b plot it's like it's a real good b plot it's fun and it's funny and he, he doesn't really have like an arc i guess um he kind of realizes by the end of it i think that it's like he meant oh i meant his conscience but um yeah it's not like he he doesn't really like struggle or you know do do much yeah and i think that the, the a lot of people one of the one of the biggest nitpicks i've seen people say about this movie and everyone says the same thing about the nitpicks which is what what he said that it's like i didn't really mind it's just something i noticed is yeah. that buzz it seems like buzz is dumber than he was yeah, yeah, I get in, that. in previous movies. Like, he doesn't understand the concept of a conscience was, mm. like, the first moment where I was like, oh, that's that's interesting that they'd do that. Because there is a way to that, like, Buzz could have sort of reached the same conclusion without him not knowing what a conscience is. Like, he could have made a joke about it. Yeah. You know? Um, um, also, I, I like, because Disney's gotten a lot of flack for, um, and Pixar as well, I guess, for their twist villains. And mm. uh, we talked about this a little bit on, I think, the Toy Story episode where we talked about because Stinky Pete's a famous twist villain. Uh, Lotso, I said, I, I think isn't really a twist villain because he's introduced as as kind. And then in his second scene, you see that he's sinister. Yeah. And so more of the movie is the characters don't know, but we do as the audience. Um, in this mm. one, we're told Christine Hendricks, Gabby Gabby, this like, um, you know, 1950s kind of doll is the villain of the film. Um, what she wants is she has a broken voice box. So her, you know, when you pull the string, it doesn't make any noise. And she, all she wants is to be played with by this kid. And so she wants Woody's working voice box and basically taking away Woody's voice. And then uh, eventually she gets it and Woody's kind of fine with it and then they are all good to like there isn't really a villain like there's she's like an antagonist for a lot of the film because she works against the you know desires of the of our leads but then by the end of the film they've made up pretty quickly and and Woody is definitely sympathetic to her plight once she explains it to him yeah 
No, exactly. It's 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 they totally took on the criticism of always having a twist villain and changed yeah. it so that the twist is now that then there is no villain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um a while ago Tim Allen was like, "Oh, it was so hard to get through the um recording lines for Toy Story 4 because it got so emotional. Yeah. He has like two lines which that could have applied to. Yeah, I, is, I did think that when I was like, well, once, I, once you kind of realise what's about to happen, you're like, oh, mm. okay, this is the scene that they talked about crying through. And because like, you didn't cry in this film, I, I didn't cry in it either. Um, I just, but that's not a, that I just yeah. don't cry. I went not with, a- <laughs> um, well, but I also didn't, I, yeah, I don't know, it didn't hit me as hard emotionally as the third one did. Um, yeah, and but again, it's not. Even, Toy Story has given me so much as a franchise that the the latest one not delivering on everything the past ones have delivered on isn't as much of a. It doesn't bother me as much. It's more like yeah. moving along a story, and and for me, for me, this film is all about story arc, and I think that the 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 story arc they give Woody is so like it's such an inspiration. It's so good, and it's it's like and I've I mentioned this in um in the Pixar perception video I made about Monsters University that um and I mean we've been talking about what's the best sequel, what's the best prequel on on the podcast on the Ma- the Mother Show, and like this is this is a great forequel, you know, like yeah, and it's yeah. it's. It's not that no other franchise hasn't done a good forequel because Mission Impossible 4 is probably my favorite Mission Impossible. Trick 4, yeah. <laughs> but it's very rare for a franchise to have four real good ones in a row and four, four, four movies which I would collectively call four of the best movies ever made in a row. Wow. And so I think I think that is really cool. But you can also look at it as it's more like a um, – a TV show because TV shows, you know, often have better episodes. Have four later episodes, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the 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 revelation to make Woody's new story arc begin with "What do you do when you're not needed anymore?" is like, oh, of course, of course, because it's like it's never it hasn't hadn't really broached that, but that is a very real thing that were toys sentient they probably would worry about is well but then that's not, actually that's brought up in the second and third films no it's but that's more about being abandoned this is when you're not the least favorite toy anymore because woody was andy's favorite toy right. and so it's a bit it was always a like it's almost like woody is getting a taste of what it's like to be one of andy's least favorite yeah. toys yeah. and how and what it actually does is it validates that role by being like this is this doesn't make you less of a toy this happens to a lot of people and what i mean it's, a, it's again it's about finding your purpose and it's about what 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 he does with the, these new feelings and what it what it resolves to is him at first it's him needing to get forky home because that's all he has left to do mm. and then when he, once he does that he realizes that his new calling is to is to get toys to other owners and so that they can have the magic that he's had. Yeah. And I, that's so beautiful. That's so yeah. wonderful. Um, more fun cast stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bit when Woody's in the closet um, because he hasn't been chosen to be played with and he talks to a bunch of like older toys. Did you recognize any of those voices? Uh, or did you no. see the thing? So it was uh, Mel Brooks as Maleficent Brooks. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Carol yeah. Burnett as Cheryl Burnett. Um, Betty White as Bitey White and Carl Reiner as Carl Reinerosaurus. 
Um, That's really funny. Yeah, their names in the credit. And also, Bill Hader played the carny um, at the carnival. Did you notice that? Oh, the, the, was that the one? Yeah, with the headphones the on. Who? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bill Hader. That's awesome. Bill Hader's like um, Pixar's Lucky Charm now. Um, I, I found in, out. Inside Out. Uh, Monsters University, it? Finding Dory. Um, I don't know who's at Monsters University. Well, I don't know what to say. Now that. I do. Um, yeah, well, like, he's one of those, like, he just pops in there all the time now. Um, yeah, he was in. Yeah, Finding Dory. Yeah. Um, he, I found out the other day because um, on Letterboxd, I've got it. So, like, I can, you can look at my, I can look at my stats. And um, I've seen more movies with Bill Hader than any other actor. <laughs> That's awesome. This is just strange. That, like, second is Samuel L. Jackson, who makes sense because he's in everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's really interesting, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Mr. Sunday Movies, who I, I don't mind saying on the Patreon, is very clearly an inspiration to me <laughs> personally. Um, he, he put out a video this past week about the cancelled original toy story 3 which i'm pretty we must have talked about in the yeah 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 yeah. and he sort of went a bit more into detail with like concept art and stuff and it got me thinking like there's so many good ideas in that and i think to the 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 scraps of what toy story 3 is could potentially be a satisfying toy story 5 um it it maybe have to uh, maybe you kind of need woody in it but the what i do like about it is that it's um it's a way to make buzz relevant again because right, another yeah. another YouTuber that I like is called Blame It On Jorge and he's he does like those sixty second Simpson reviews and Simpsons histories and Simpsons mysteries. Right, yeah. That he he's doing he's been doing a series for like four years called Pixar Perfect, where he where he ranks and discusses each Pixar movie. And one of the things he brought up when talking about one of the Toy Story sequels is how the Toy Story sequels always have to find something to give Buzz to do. Yeah, right. Mm. And so that's I, I like the idea of the the cancelled Toy Story three being more buzz centric, um, as a, just as a way to like, uh, make him relevant again in a way that that feels less like a gimmick. Yeah, it, it's a lot easier to do that film in like two thousand two though. Like, yeah, yeah. If they made that, say they wait another what nine years and twenty twenty eight, we get a film about oh these toys that came out thirty three mm. years ago are being recalled. Yeah. Yeah, we're so far beyond that now. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, fair enough. Just, th- just thought I'd, I'd see what you thought about that. It's a, it's a good idea for a plot. Maybe, maybe it could be like a video game that's like a midquill or something like that. That'd yeah. be cool. Actually, that's my that's my further follow up. <laughs> well, speaking of we further, do that on this further follow ups, um, there are actually further follow ups planned. Oh, cool. um, so they've said, um, hey, they've basically said this is the final one, but they've also kind of hinted at, oh, like whatever, don't rule out it for the film. Um, so um a 10 episode short form series called forky asks a question will debut exclusively on disney plus um uh, it's a launch title from november 12th 2019 and a short film entitled lamp life um will come out later in disney plus's first year which is going to reveal bo peep's whereabouts between leaving and reuniting with woody and hopefully will explain how she got so thick with two C's. Yeah, no, those both those both sound like great ideas. And like the the great thing about them is both of them are affordable actors for a um a, a you know smaller scale Toy Story thing. Yeah. Um one other thing I liked about Toy Story 4 is how we see 
Like, and I've talked about this when we on the last film franchise follow-ups for Toy Story when we talked about. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. The short films is that I, I feel like there is an intentional um, direction toward exploring other sort of types of toys because in the short films we got like the happy meal toys and we got the bath toys mm. and and stuff like that and in this one we get carnival toys and we get antique toys as well yeah and it's, yeah, it's yeah. cool to see how that that ecosystem works yeah yeah i, th- I thought you were gonna go with like with like forky and stuff like that but yeah like different like, areas and like things mm. that are undeniably toys but mm. um yeah no yeah that, that's a that's a good point also it's called saying the battle sauruses Yes, um, I was going to ask him if you noticed that. Yeah, and also, um, Battle Sources, which are from Toy Story of Terror, the, the no, it's Toy Story um, of the Time Forgot. Ah, uh, Toy Story of the Time Forgot. And yeah. uh, the the um, combat Carl voiced by Carl yeah. Weathers is from um, Toy Story of Terror, which is great that it's in like, and he's voiced by yeah. Carl Weathers in Toy Story Four. Yeah, and because Combat so Carl yeah. is also the toy that um, Sid blows up in the first Toy Story. Ah, oh, does he talk in that one? Ah, uh, Combat Carl. No, it's, it's you don't see him. Well, you like just see like because apparently, and um, Tom Hanks told a story about it because they're like, oh, you got Carl Weathers in the film. And he's like, yeah, we needed. Um, it was gonna be like a GI Joe, but we couldn't get the rights to it, so we need to come up with a name with it, for with a name for it. And Tom Hanks was like, and I suggested Combat Carl, and then we got Carl Weathers. <laughs> it's co- that's a cool instance of um, continuity flowing upwards, which doesn't usually happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because a character from a short film. Exi- exists in the same form in a feature film which you, last the only other example I could think of that happening would be Boba Fett of, made his first appearance at the Star Wars Holiday <laughs> yeah, Special yeah. Um, but I feel like that was yeah, more cool, of a cool. tease for his appearance yeah, and, that's true um, um, yeah yeah no I, I just I think I, I'm really interested in the the world the world of different toys like if toy story were a video game and you travel to each and each different like hub world has a different theme you know you'd have the bedroom tribe you'd have the bath tribe you'd have the mcdonald's happy meal tribe you'd have the carnival tribe and the antique tribe i wonder what other tribes there are out there and and that could be a way to take it forward in the future um also apparently the um the antique store we see as well apparently that's like filled to the brim with references because yes. there's the yeah. um the bottle cap um oh that's not in the antique store actually but you see the great soda bottle cap from up um yep. what else did you did notice? you notice um you you see tin toy yes yeah, yeah. He, well, yeah. he opens the jukebox yeah yeah tin toys in it that was great i that that and of course the antique store is full of Pixar references. I yeah. I read every single item in there as a reference to yeah. a past Pixar. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, there'll be so many, so much shit on movie details when this is available on digital. Ah, <laughs> uh, I just it's uh, it's such a this is this oh, movie the, is the just... Pizza Planet truck. Did you notice that? that no, was, where is um, it? Bill Hader's character has it tattooed. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, it might it might be somewhere else but yeah like you, you see it very clearly that's awesome because um, they talk about i think they mentioned the tattoo or they they yeah something but mm. it's quite funny 
Um, yeah. Th- so this movie, man, it's it's just it's a new precedent. Like this is so special, yeah. and I- it's a worthy. Yeah. Like after we saw, I said, I, I said to you, it's a, it's a worthy second best film of the year mm. after Avengers Endgame, which to me is more because- about Avengers Endgame than Toy Story Four. Yeah. 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 It's like I don't think any experience in my life will ever top seeing Avengers Endgame for the first time. Yeah. Um and yeah, so I I'm just as as the two guys who know probably more about franchises than anyone else in the fucking world, Richard. I'm claiming it here on Patreon. Um this <laughs> this is one for the history books, you know? Like this is this is yeah, unprecedented. I can't think of another franchise that has four maybe maybe there's another franchise that has like where the fourth film is really good slash you know on par with the others i'm sure there are maybe there are franchises where the where they have four good films in a row but this is the only franchise i can think of where the they have four good films in a row and all of those films i would regard as like great you know yeah if um if age of ultron was the same quality as the other avengers films that would be one but yeah but then if we're talking about what counts and what doesn't count yeah exactly as, as sitting at a cinematic universe what's the best four yeah. quill it's toy story four <laughs> that'd uh, be a yeah. short podcast <laughs> yeah and like if, if only if we're discounting avengers Inga. <laughs> yeah exactly. what's the best 22 call yeah yeah it's either Avengers Endgame or like um, Casino Royale, which is a pretty good one, <laughs> pretty good. Game. Yeah, or um, I was gonna. What's the twenty second Godzilla film? Oh, I don't know. I bet it won't be better than Casino Royale or or Endgame though. All right, should I actually like find out what it is? Um, All right, yeah, find out what it is, and then we can finish off this episode. Godzilla versus Destoroyah. Don't remember it. It's the um, it's the last one of the Heisei period. Okay. So it's actually it's the last film before oh, was uh, that Godzilla ninety eight. That was the Logan one. The what one? The one we were like, this is Godzilla's Logan. Probably. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, this has been such a pleasure to talk about. Um, and the great thing about film franchise follow ups is we get to talk about films like Toy Story four, which you know every other podcast in the world is doing but it's like just for a select group of people who get to enjoy our our perspectives on things so thank you very much richard thank you very much to the audience and thank you for me uh, being here to talk to me all right i'm gonna go play crash team racing me too i've just unlocked fake crash i've i've i haven't finished it yet (laughs) all right everybody see you later bye all right, that was our Toy Story 4 film franchise follow-ups episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're now going to go into an, an episode of generic underscore movie underscore podcast.exe where we discuss um, the movie Hairspray. And uh, what's fun about this is that it is pretty dated. Um, I think this episode came out in 2019. Both of these episodes came out in 2019. And in this one, I think Richard like literally says the date we record at one point. Um, there's mention of Trump as president. There's mention of uh, whether or not uh, Jerry Stiller's still alive. Very funny stuff. Um, very funny stuff to listen to all these all these years later. Um, but I hope you enjoy it. Check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Well, you have Speaking to, of five, you have to stars. Do five stars. 
Right. Speaking of five stars, uh, we watched a little film. This is generic, but you guys know what this is. Um, and this week we watched the movie Hairspray. Good morning, Baltimore. There's the flasher that lives next door. That's the only line I remembered for years since I saw this movie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is a 2007 film. We watched the 2007 one, not the 1988 one. Just the I actually had no idea because the cover makes it look like it's from the 50s, but I was like, surely a movie from the 50s. Uh, it's a, well, it's a throwback to like yeah, yeah. 62 Baltimore. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's deliberately, and because it's John Waters as well. Mm. Uh, and it, oh, the, who's the, original- the flasher? He plays the flasher. Oh, does he? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, John Waters is great. This is like all of his films are like X-rated except uh, PG, except Hairspray is PG. <laughs> I've seen uh, I've seen Serial Mum and it's not, it doesn't seem like that should be X-rated. I don't know, maybe he's, maybe like, I think up until that point, maybe. Right. But yeah, so yeah, Serial Mum was his two films after this one. Okay. FYI. Sweet. Maybe we'll get that next it one. It is not. Very good. Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy made me watch it. Jeremy came over to our flat once, Richard, when you and I were living together, and he was like, oh, you haven't seen Serial Mum? we got to watch Serial Mum. And it was one of those cases where, like, like, Jeremy can get real enthusiastic, like how people do when they're like, oh, you have to see silence of the lambs but yeah. about like movies that are completely <laughs> unnotable <laughs> so i watched all of serial mum and i was like this is a solid five out of ten that i don't feel one way or the other about <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough mm. but you know what i do feel strongly about what 2007's hairspray so okay. i'd never seen this movie before okay and you had yeah uh, i uh, i think so i think i'd seen it when it came out, like on DVD, I think my mum probably. I think my mum owns it on DVD actually, and right. I think I saw it, but didn't like actively invest into it, but did see the whole thing. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, what's it about? Uh, it's a so it's set in the sixties in in Baltimore. Um, Good morning, Baltimore. And it's about a young uh, chubby teenager named Tracy Turnblad. And she uh, really loves the show called Corny's. What's it called? Oh, Jesus. Corny's Corner. <laughs> Corny's something. Um, the and, Corny Collins Show. The Corny Collins Show. And that's like a, a dancing variety show. And she's obsessed with it. For, I didn't realize this till later on, but a bunch of her classmates like star in it. <laughs> and also, mm. It's real interesting. Um, and so she's, yeah, she's like obsessed with it. And she becomes a member of the crew on the show um and it's from there it has a larger conversation about um race relations in the 60s and that's actually probably more what it's about than yeah <laughs> which is it's real funny because i had no idea mm. um and so, so i just thought this was like a movie oh it's like you know um love yourself kind of body positive sort of thing and I kind of always wrote it, wrote it off as just like a cheesy musical, mm. a, a, a girls' film essentially. You know, yeah. I was like, oh. and then I watched it the other night, and there's uh, so the opening song, which is oh, not the opening song, but when we're introduced to the Corny Collins show, and it's like it's with the song "The Nicest Kids in Town," yeah. and then like midway through the song, James Marsden, who's like leading it, 
is like a bunch of white kids, and I was like, ah, ha, ha, like white kids, and then they're like, they mentioned like, and once a month is Negro Day, and I was like, ah, like they're, yeah. you know, w- w- that's a fun little that's line a good that joke. They're, <laughs> yeah, that they're throwing in to, to about like 1960s, you know, yeah, the it's, it's, it's the social political climate. Yeah, it's it's a fun little satire of 1960s that can give us a giggle, and then we'll immediately forget about it because of course, yeah. of course, the movie's not going to be about that, <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie's about that, yeah. and I. Was was like I, I watched the film and because i was watching it with jess who doesn't like the film oh, okay. and she um yeah she'd seen it years ago and just wasn't really into it but she fell asleep and then i was like the movie finished and i was like i woke jess up and i was like jess hairspray's real good yeah yeah i was like why has no one told me that in the last 12 years since I, it came yeah, out it, it, why it has no out- one been like richard it's actually a good movie yeah it came out very much capitalizing on um Zac Efron because he'd just been in High School mm. Musical, the first two High School Musicals, and I think that somehow I can't remember the exact situations in which I ended up seeing it, as I said before. But I remember thinking, like, I remember really liking Zac Efron in it and being like, "This mm. is much better than Troy," who at the time, yeah. I, of course, was very anti High School Musical because I was a little boy. Um, but yeah, no, I like it. I think it's real good. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it, it had real positive reviews and stuff, and I think. I think part of that's probably because it's a real fun movie if you're into musicals, but it's also like it does a real good job of of being a a very um, important voice on these kinds of things, yeah because it's it's a satire and also has a message, mm. which I guess satire does kind of yeah, by definition, yeah. but um, yeah, it's like it Sat- actually satire is parody the- with a message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, what did you think this got on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I did look because I didn't what do think, you think it mattered. It was like 94, wasn't it? Oh, 91. 91. Sorry. Um, it must have changed Ooh. in the two days. 84 since. audience score. So you've combined the two. Yeah. And I think that's because it's a very fun movie. Well, it no, is a very fun it, movie. And, and, as I said before, it's very fun and, and it's, it does good with what it's saying. And so what do you think of the songs? Um, the only one I remembered, well, the only one I thought I remembered was Good Morning Baltimore, which I really like. Mm. Um and which but is then the song. The song at the end they sing the what's the song at You the Can't end? Stop the Beat. You can't stop the beat. I realized as I was listening to it, I was like, I thought this was from High School Musical. <laughs> and like when we covered High School Musical, I just forgot that the yeah, song yeah, yeah. like if you'd if you'd started singing You Can't Stop the Beat, I'd have been like, Yeah, it's a high school musical song. And then it's just so for- forgot that it wasn't in the high school musical trilogy when we watched it. So I really like that one. I really like um I don't. I, I like basically all the songs. I'd say that they're either yeah. catchy or, or those I, are the two that mainly stand out. And, yeah, and yeah. I, that I remember the names of. Yeah, that yeah. and Hey Mama, Welcome to the Sixties. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And I like um, the 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 black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. That's well. <laughs> <laughs> a good song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can't stop the beats. One of those funny things that I knew, and I, I'd forgotten it was in hairspray as well. Yeah. And then when it started, I was like, oh yeah, no, of course, because yeah. I don't. I knew Good Morning Baltimore just because I like went to acting school, and yeah. you know, yeah. every girl at acting school just belts that out at one point. <laughs> and um, but yeah, like you can't stop the beat was one of those songs that would get played at parties, mm. and people everyone would be like, oh shit, this is my jam, and like you know, jam out to it. Um, and I never. You know, yeah, I never got it. Yeah, but now you do. <laughs> but now, uh, all these parties if, if are missed out. If you could go on. back, <laughs> uh, would yeah. that this podcast were a time podcast? Mm. Nice. Um, 
I did think another while we're on the topic of um what's good about this film, I guess. The one thing I thought, and I'd be interested to hear if anyone I don't know if any um one of our patrons would know about this, but like uh we we talked a bit about the the idea of a white savior film and something like Green Book, um, where it's like a a story about the trials and tribulations of a black man. But don't worry, everybody, because there's a, a white man that learns not to be racist, and it ends up being his story and how he mm. saves the black man. I think Hairspray is a real good example of having a white protagonist in a story about race where she's not a save. She's not a white savior. You know, yeah. because it's not it's she she Queen Latifah is in this film and she's very much the the figurehead of the movement. And I feel like that Tracy has a lot of respect for um her character and and it's it's more about a white person learning and, you know, the ways of, of being tolerant and being um be, like empowering their 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 brothers and sisters in a way that isn't them saving the day, you know. Um, mm. yeah and i thought also thought that um i love the part when when tracy first gets on the corny collins show and they're like what's your favorite part about the show or whatever and she's like negro day i wish every day could be negro day and it's like that's such a good line that's such a good way <laughs> to to show the the um the type of character she is and and you know that she's just very genuinely very excited and and i also appreciated that most of the cast like agreed with her <laughs> it's it's only like yeah. is it michelle pfeiffer playing the, yeah, michelle the villain pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah that she's the villain and doesn't doesn't agree obviously so yeah those are some thoughts i had <laughs> those are good ones man thank you um so do you know much about like um who else has played the roles and stuff like that nope i did so, i have one question and maybe you can yes. answer it um, so one of them, I guess the main, one of the main things that you might, that, that this film, uh, is a standout for is that John Travolta plays Tracy's mum. So he dresses as, as a woman through the movie and, mm. and plays Tracy's mum. And I want to, I guess that like, because traditionally Tracy's mum is played by a man and like on, and on stage or yeah. in the remake and stuff. Is that true? Yeah. Well, uh, not Tracy, Edna. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Trace, Tracy's mum, Edna. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So in the original film, it was the drag queen divine okay. played Edna Turnblad, which is, you know, a regular John Waters collaborator. Mm-hmm. And then, so, oh yeah, the, the weird thing about this film is it's not really a remake of the first one. The, the original had a musical, a stage musical based on it, which was then adapted for the, for the screen with this film. Right. So it's an adaptation of a musical based on that film. What um, an interesting life for a an IP. Because the original is not a musical. Isn't it? No, it's it's like a, it's about dance and stuff like that, but it's, it's not like a musical. Wow. That's so, like the main thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That and um, John Travolta playing a woman. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so you had, uh, yeah, the original was Divine. Yep. The, and then when they did it on stage, they were like, there's only one person that can do this. Mm-hmm. And that person actually won a Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical. Mm-hmm. And that was Harvey Feierstein. Mm. Oh, yes. Isn't, um, that, isn't that perfect? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Nice. Yeah, cool. Harvey Feierstein. <laughs> I don't know. I fucked up doing the voice just then. You know how I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Can you do it? Uh, no, I'm not going to try. Uh, hey, wait. <laughs> okay. No, who is Harvey? Harvey Feierstein. Remind me who Harvey Feierstein is. Um, and, you know, in uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. 
<laughs> a movie I haven't seen in. Okay, wait. Years. Let me find. Because uh, he's been in heaps of stuff. I'll just look. Him up. Uh, he's the one who, like, you'll know his voice hundred percent. Yeah. Um. He's he's Carl in The Simpsons, and he's so good in it. He plays not Carl. Carl, not Carl, as in Lenny and Carl. In like season two, Homer gets an assistant called Carl. Okay. Um. It was Harvey Weinstein? Was Harvey Feierstein? Has he watched John Travolta? Is what I'm watching. All right. So, so they asked him. They asked him if how he ranks John Travolta's performance as Edna in Hairspray, and he goes, "Oh, um." I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, he's got such a great voice, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it, it's deteriorated a bit, but yeah, when it was like this, <laughs> this like smoky, breathy drag queen kind of voice, it's it so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry about that. And hopefully, while I'll, I'll have edited it, it down so it was more cohesive <laughs> than. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, he originated the role of Edna on Broadway and Jerry Stiller has a cameo on this film mm-hmm. uh, and he is oh he's a minor role he's the original Christopher Walken in the yeah, original film yeah that makes sense very similar yeah. types of people Christopher yeah. Walken and Jerry Stiller yeah and is Ricky Jerry, Lake is Jerry Stiller a- still alive yeah barely because I keep I feel like I've seen two reports saying he's dead he's but- 91 wow um, let's look at his personal life. Yeah, he had a very, um, uh, he had a close call pretty recently, I think. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Yeah, um, Ricky Lake is, uh, was the original, uh, Tracy in the original, and she has a cameo as well. Nice. What do you think of Nikki Blonsky as Tracy in this? Uh, I think she's, a, like, yeah, it was real interesting because I was watching Good Morning Baltimore and I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about how good she is. Mm. And then as the film came out, I was just like, as the film came out, as the film progressed, I was like, oh, actually, her acting's not very good. But then anytime she was singing and acting, I was like, this is amazing. Right. And then when it goes back to just acting, I'm like, oh. Because I, I know the name Nikki Blonsky and uh, Hairspray feels like it was a career launcher for her. But then I looked up to see what else she's been in, and the only other thing I recognized was Popstar. Um, yeah, yeah, she's um, Lady Pawpaw. Yeah, yeah. So did she didn't really get much of a a life out of this film, which is surprising. No, she, she did a few roles that are like, uh, you know, like a fat girl can- Yeah. Is more, is more of a personality than just being fat. Yeah. Like, if you look up all her roles, she's like, big girl. Yeah. Mm. Because mm. like Amanda Bynes is also in this movie, and she already had a career by the time this movie came out, but then she like kind of sank the, that career, and now she's kind of back already again. So yeah, I she's trying can... hard to get back. I wouldn't say she's back. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. What has Amanda Bynes done since her? Yeah, she she's trying. There's I've read there's so many articles that are like she's back, <laughs> but she hasn't really been anything. No. She she went on hiatus from acting in 2010 to deal with um, personal issues. Mm. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Do you, yeah, hasn't been anything since Easy A. Do you think that um, John John Travolta in this film, I thought he was real good mm. and a real funny character, but then when he starts singing, he's just singing as John Travolta and not as, not yeah. as Edna Turnblad. <laughs> it was very distracting because the lines are, are often very um, about her as a character. <laughs> I remember thinking that when I first saw it. 
but I mean, it's good. It's good to get John Travolta in the movie, I think, because he's he, yeah. But it's funny how he's, he's kind of just his... doing Doctor Evil. Yeah, <laughs> Tracy oh. Turnblad. <laughs> Tracy Turnblad. Uh, at the start of this, I said it was directed by Sean Levy. That's wrong. Um, Sean, Sean Levy, Levy directed, directed Big Fat Big Liar. Big Fat Liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was directed by Adam Shankman. Another. Um, Another Amanda Bynes film. Yeah, that's where I got mixed up. Adam Shankman of Bedtime Stories. So he's directed. Oh wait, I was going to say another Adam Sandler film, but this doesn't. Man, I'm fucking all over the place today. It's okay. He directed What Men Want. Did he really? Yeah. Well, he'd know. God, I'm such a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to go. I have nothing else to say. Uh, well, all right. Well, should we talk about sequels? Where to take this film? Okay. Dude, where, is this dude, where's my sequel? Yeah. So, uh, there was apparently a Hairspray 2 in development. Hmm. Uh, and on 2nd of June 2010, film bosses have scrapped plans to bring a movie musical Hairspray back for a sequel. John Waters was supposed to create a script for a follow-up with plans to bring Zach Efron back. Uh, and then John Waters said... They liked it. They paid me. That's the last I've heard of it. They asked me to write a treatment, but I'm so obsessed. I wrote every single thing that happened to every character. It's different. You can't tell the same hairspray story again. It's been told three times. And then it was confirmed that the sequel got dropped. Yeah, because this is the type of film that, um, like, I'm I'm reminded of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, of, like, a mm. successful musical based on, like, a, a beloved stage show that... Uh, doesn't have a sequel in itself, but then they just make one because they want money. <laughs> like, yeah. and now now will be a perfect time to revive Nikki Blonsky's career and Amanda Bynes' career, sure. Yeah, and and bring us back and a, hair, career. a hairspray too, which is my idea. It's called hairsprays. Okay. Yep. And now there's a competing show. It's set in. It'd have to be set in real time. So now it's set in the seventies. And so now um, um, everyone's all about different hairstyles and it's, and everyone sings about them. And that's, <laughs> that's my idea. <laughs> that's uh, so the the sequel would have been called uh, Hairspray 2 White Lipstick, apparently. White Lipstick. Interesting. Yeah. So it would have been the 2013 straight-to-DVD sequel, which was set to release in theatres on August 31st, 2013. <laughs> It's, not how it's from Hairspray Wiki. I love wikis, man. <laughs> wikis are like uh, this this beautiful, like unreliable source of information. <laughs> Remember those those earbud sequels that like their only piece of information was available on the wiki. Yeah, it was just some dude that wanted it to happen, so he wrote about it. <laughs> uh, so it would have been the story. We'll look at Tracy Turnblad as she enters the late sixties era of music, set against the Vietnam War and the British invasion. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so that's my um sequel. <laughs> no, it isn't. Fuck, that's John Waters' sequel. Damn it! Uh, I want a sequel set today. Oh shit! Okay, keep, yeah. g- keep going. March nineteenth, twenty nineteen, and Trump is president. Okay, and Tracy Turnblad. It's just set against the, that backdrop. Yeah, and uh, and Trump's played by a woman. Okay, good idea. Kathy Bates. Okay, <laughs> that's good casting. Does she? Well, she already did that for another politician, didn't she? On SNL. 
Oh, yeah, that was Melissa McCarthy. Nah, Kathy Bates played someone. Oh. Let's have a look. Um, what would would this Trump played by Kathy Bates sing a song? Yeah. What would she say? Uh, hey, it's good morning. Good morning, Washington. Washington. DC. That's good content, dude. Shit. <laughs> This is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Yeah. Jeez. Actually, oi, Roseanne Barr should be a good that's Trump. That's who it was. Who did she play? James Comey? Yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. I get and I get <laughs> mixed up between Roseanne Barr and, and um, Kathy Bates. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about uh, nice. Bug Spray? Oh, nice! Yep. A bug spray, and it's 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 the it's only connected to hairspray in the sense that it's um also a musical, but it's about the bug spray industry. No, like a bugs. It's the cast of a Bug's Life. Oh, reading the script for hairspray. I love it. Yeah, and the it's, main characters are like head lice. Hey, hey! Now go. we're cooking with gas. It's, it's about or hairspray, Tur- which is also flammable. It's about Tracy Turnblad's head lice. That's the that's what the film's about. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. Good yeah, stuff. All right. Okay. Hello. All right. Okay. All right. Who's who behind the do? That was the um, tagline. Well, we may never know. It's the head lice. <laughs> <laughs> cool well did you did you have anything else that you thought about this series oh this series of one film I, i'd quite like to go watch the original eh? i don't if not if it's not a musical yeah that's true. the best thing about the film yeah wow all right well thank you for listening <laughs> everyone <laughs> um we hope you enjoyed it hope this has uh given you some joy in your week Thank you for your donations. Um, and good morning, Baltimore. Yeah, good good night, Baltimore. Ah, very good. All right. Very see, good. See you later, everybody. All right, and that was generic underscore movie underscore podcast.exe. I hope you enjoyed the the sample pack, this little treat as to what you should expect if you join our Patreon, which you can, I haven't said this yet, but you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash coldpopshow. There'll be a link in the show notes. Should have said that at the start. Um, anyway, that would be awesome if you could sign up if you wanted to. Um, it'd be a great way to support us, but otherwise just support us by telling people about us, by joining the Discord, by engaging with the community. It's one of my favorite things ever is hearing from uh, our listeners and and discovering a new listener we maybe didn't know we had. It's it's a, such a rewarding feeling. If you enjoyed this episode as just a regular episode of the podcast, though, um, I would love to get you to support us in all the other ways. I'm going to stop plugging Facebook, but you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Colt Popsha. You can also uh, email us at media at gmail.com if you are so inclined. And there's a whole bunch of places to support us and, and to follow us and like us, all the social media. So get on that. Uh, we're not going to do a post-credit scene for these Patreon sample packs, but we'll be back next week with Cloudy with a chance of meatballs and Cloudy with a chance of meatballs too.